Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to have you in the flesh here and on live stream. It's a, it's a weird time, isn't it? And yeah, I've, been, I've experienced a range of emotions in the last five months. How are you doing? How, how, how do we feel? It's good to be able to be honest, isn't it, in that process. And uh, I wonder if you would, if you would self-evaluate how you, you felt you were doing and how would you say your spiritual life is. I mean, in a sense, spiritual is a funny word, isn't it? Everything is spiritual. We have this weird split off of sacred and secular. Now everything under God is spiritual. But how do you feel like your journey is in Jesus right now? And, you know, last week, I confess, last week, I mean, those who know me, I'm sort of a turbocharged activist. Last week, I, I, I went to bed after lunch and I slept throughout the whole afternoon. I wasted the whole afternoon. I woke up thinking, I, when did I last do that? And, and, and what's, what's wrong with me? And that, but that's just the reality, isn't it, in a sense that of us battling in this, in this weird stage of life to, to cling to hope, to, to purpose, to, to making this, this strange season count. And uh, this morning, I want to encourage us, I want to stir us up, I want to challenge us. Uh, and I think we need that. And, and if, if you're in a, a very broken place, just take the encouragement. I think most of us, I mean, some people are just riddled with fear and anxiety. And there's so much anxiety and fear in this nation, uh, and that is not the spirit of Jesus. And there's so much, so many promises in the Word saying, do not be afraid, don't fear. And Jesus would, would breathe on us like, uh, like the guys in the upper room locked behind the doors for fear of what was going on as Jesus had risen from the dead, but they didn't yet really understand what was going on. No, his pre-resurrection wasn't there. And, they, and, and Jesus appeared amongst them and, and, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace be upon you. Some of us need to really uh, be free from those shackles of fear. Some of us through lockdown have just been plain bored. Some of us are frustrated. Some of us are like, come on, bring it on. I just, you know, these rules are so shackling and unnecessary. And uh, it is a weird time. And, and I think it's helpful for us to get back into God's Word. It's helpful for us to look at, uh, look at history. You know, COVID equivalents have happened throughout history. They'll be happening again. It's, it's good to look around uh, the world, at what's going on right now, because uh, that gives context and perspective, doesn't it? So my context has been Burundi, and some of us, we think life's awful in England. Well, in Burundi, it's, it's a hell of a lot worse. Borders have been closed. It's the hungriest country in the world. Economy further crashing. Food prices multiplying exponentially. There's not enough food to go around. People fighting to get access to it. There's no NHS. There's no furlough. There's no sort of safety net of people providing. But what's amazing is that people are still full of faith. And it's the, the, the crucible of suffering that often pr produces these beautiful jewels. You know, I remember once when we were going through crisis and implosion and attempted coup and burning down the streets, and I was praying with a bunch of guys, and one of them prayed, Lord, thank you that all our hope has gone. And I'm going, what, you muppet nutjob? What are you praying? But then he carried on. Thank you, Lord, that all our hope has gone, because now all we have is you. And on one level, I want to say to England, we ain't seen nothing yet. And things might get a whole lot worse, and maybe they need to get worse. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying, come on, Lord, bring on suffering. You know, I'm not, not a sucker for punishment, but, but, but there is a refining potential, and uh, something could be beautiful that comes out of this as we are shaken. And, and we mustn't be afraid, because God is Lord of history. He's in control. We can trust Him. And as I look at, uh, as we look to the world, you know, it can be encouragement. I want to tell you that probably, I don't know this Empirically, but probably yesterday, more people came to the Lord across the globe than any day in the rest of history. 
You know, the kingdom of God is expanding in Burundi every day. We're seeing hundreds of people come to Jesus. Africa, the, the church is exploding. South America, different parts of Asia, it's exploding. We have to be at a place where the, it's, it's more challenging, but the kingdom of God is alive and well, and let's not be downcast, oh, my soul. Well, that doesn't mean that we can't express our emotions in a very real way to God. And so I want to, I'm not going to sort of unpack a passage this morning. I've got a few heart cries of what, in my resisting of the sluggishness and the discouragement, and I wanted to fast forward a couple of years or five years, or however long it's going to take. Oh, Simon, don't tell me it's going to be five years. But however long it's going to take with this new normal, whatever it is, it's like, what's our heart cry? And are we just going to hunker down in fear? Or are we going to come with a different spirit and say, sack this, come on, let's rise up and engage and share the hope that we have, and live like we believe it's true. And so I'm with, I'm with Isaiah in, Psalm, uh, in Isaiah 64. He's, he cries out, oh, that you'd rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. They trembled in the past, didn't they, on Sinai? God appeared in power. He can do that again. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. Well, the upside of a massive downside of a of a time like this is that hopefully people will turn to God. And then we quake as we realize that we don't have it all together and that uh, we are not in control of everything. I was preaching the other day on Psalm 13. How long, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? That was David's heart cry in a difficult situation. And again, as we read the scriptures, Invariably, they are written at times that were miles worse than what we're going through right now. And yet the Lord of history was in control then, and he's still in control now. And then we come to Habakkuk. And Habakkuk has this sort of dialogue with God, and he starts off, he says, How long again must I call out for, ha- for, for help? And, and, you know, Israel uh, are in a bad spot, but it's, a lot of it's their own doing. They're, 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 they're selfish and prideful, and, and they're not looking out for their neighbors, and, and they're rejecting of God, and they're apathetic and complacent. I mean, does that ring bells at all? And, 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 and there's a judgment of God coming. God says, look, I'm going to judge you through those evil Babylonians that are amassed on the frontiers. And he's like, what? This is going to be grim. And it is going to be grim. And there's that sort of dialogue through Habakkuk. And then I love chapter three of Habakkuk. It's only three, three chapters. But verse two, he, he cries out, Lord, I've heard of your, of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our, in our time, make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. And the God of history, he's calling on him to intervene again. I've experienced this crazy stuff in Burundi, beautiful stuff. I've seen hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus in the 22 years of our engagement. I've got a massive God, and so yes, we could feel a bit crushed right now, but no, let's look to him. He's on his throne. He's in control. And, and, and at the end of Habakkuk, towards the end, 17, 18, 19, he, he acknowledges the reality. He says, though the fig tree does not bud... And there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength, and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And so Psalm 85, verse 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? 
Let's cry out to God. Let's not give up. I was, a few years ago, I was on the Isle of Lewis. You know, the Hebridean revival. You know, this is, some of you, I don't know, where we're like, this is in my parents' lifetime, 1949 to 1952, this extraordinary revival. And it, and it began on the back of a few old ladies, a couple of old ladies and uh, seven men. It was steeped in prayer. And they, they, they decided to not to pray and not stop until God visited them in a, in a powerful way. And one night they were meeting in a barn, and it was so good to go there. I got to preach and got to meet with a saint from back in those days and ask him loads of questions of what it was like. You know, this is in our lifetime. Renew it in our time, Lord God. And Roth, remember mercy. And one of the men prayed. He, he, he said this, we've got to be real. Sometimes it's so superficial and we don't feel we can rail and, and, and reach out and call out to God. And, and this man prayed, it seems to me so, just so much sentimental humbug to be praying as we are praying, to be waiting as we are waiting, if we ourselves are not rightly related to God. And he asked God to reveal if his own hands were clean, if his own heart was pure. And suddenly God's awesome presence swept the barn. And they came to see that, that was, there was a direct correlation between revival and holiness. And a power was let loose that night that shook the island. A man literally arrived on the island and he felt compelled. He just ran to the church. He had to meet with God. People had visions in their own homes. Duncan Campbell, he'd been preaching at a, at a conference in, in Bangor. I've preached at a worldwide Bangor's worldwide missionary conference. And he was there and he's about to step on the podium. And he felt the Holy Spirit said, no, go to, go to, go to Lewis right now. And that was a bit awkward for Tim and Hill's equivalent. And he's like, oh, sorry, guys, I think I've got to go. And he naffed off, and he, he just went as quickly as he could. And when he arrived there, they were waiting for him. The Spirit had told them that they were coming. And his stories are incredible. I just find these so edifying and, and, and faith-stirring for me. He talks about the fact that one night, over 100 people were at a dance in the parish hall, so they were equivalent to a nightclub. And, and they, they weren't thinking of God or eternity, he said. They were there to have just a good time. And suddenly, the power of God fell upon the dance. The music ceased, and in a matter of minutes, the hall was empty. They fled from the, from the hall as a man fleeing from a plague, and they made for the church, and they are now standing outside. Oh, yes, they saw the lights on in the church. Because of the revival, they're out there through the night praying, and that, that was the house of God, and they were going to go to it, and they went, and men and women who had gone to bed rose, dressed, and made for the church. This is our God. Another meeting. Suddenly the power of God fell upon the congregation. Of course, in Lewis and in other islands of the Hebrides, they stand to, to pray culturally and they sit to sing. And now, he said, one side of the church <laughs> threw up their hands like this. They threw their head backs. And, it, and you would almost declare that they were in an epileptic fit, but they were not. Oh, I can't explain it. And the other side, they slumped down on top of each other. But God, the Holy Ghost, moved. And those who had their hands like this stayed that way for two hours. Now, incidentally, when we've just had the elections in Burundi recently, and I was like, you know, desperate for peace. And we were very involved. And uh, I was thinking of Moses and Aaron and Hur. Do you remember that in Exodus? And he had to, when he had his hands up in the air, uh, the Israelites are winning. When he got his hands down, they were losing. So Aaron Hur held his hands up in the air. I was like, how desperate are you for peace, Simon, this nation? And I, and I just lifted my hands. Give it a go sometime. How desperate are you to wrestle in prayer with the Lord? And I was like that. And after two minutes, you're really struggling. And I, uh, but I was like, okay, imagine, imagine that every extra second, one soul, you know, one person is, there's one less bloodshed. Because last time around, you know, thousands, uh, a lot of people died. Half a million people fled the country. Lord, please have mercy. And I, we managed 32 minutes of being like that. And, but, but comparing to that, they had two hours, two hours like that with their hands in the air. It was utterly, utterly supernatural. You know, how much do you want of God? How much do you want of God, people? 
Because no one has less of God than they want. Where's the hunger? Where's the thirst? Back to him. Now you try to remain like that with your hands up in the air for a few minutes, you'll find it hard, but, but you would have to break their hands before you could take them down. Now I can't explain it, this is what happened, but the most remarkable thing that night was what took place in a village seven miles away from the church. There wasn't a single person from that village in the church, not one single person, seven miles away, the power of God swept through that village. And I know it to be a fact, there wasn't a single house in the village that didn't have a soul saved in it. That's our God. Last story, I just love these though. You know, schoolmaster that night, he was on the mainland, so Scotland mainland, 15 miles uh, ferry across, and, and, and suddenly he was gripped by the fear of the Lord, and he said to his wife, wife, I don't, want to, I don't know what's drawing me to Barvis, but I must go. Okay, I'll leave the accent. His wife said, but it's nearly 10 o'clock, and oh no, it's come back. And you're thinking of going to Barvis. I know what's on your mind. I know you're going for a drink and you're not leaving this house tonight. That was what she said to him. He was a hard drinker. And he said to his wife, I may be mistaken. Oh, I may be mistaken. But if I know anything at all about my own heart and mind, I say to you now that I will ne- the drink will never touch my lips again. And she said to him, well, John, if that's your mind, then go to Barbus. And he got someone to ferry him across. And, and again, this is Duncan Campbell saying, and I was conducting a meeting in a farmhouse at midnight and this schoolmaster came to the door and they made room for him. And in a matter of minutes, he was praising God for salvation. Now that's a miracle. I mean, you can't explain that any other way. Campbell arrived for 10 days. He stayed there for two years. That's our God, people. That was in our lifetime in the United Kingdom. I mean, it's a long time ago, right? But Lord, renew it in our time. Sick to death of a placid, apathetic, church. I'll be honest, church on Zoom. Some of you, some of you, you're in bed right now with your cup of tea. That's not, that's not the way you're going to meet with God. Come on, people. It doesn't necessarily mean being here, but I think the corporate experience is definitely more engaging. Speaking of a fellow struggle, I'm not saying any, any better, but come on, we need to be together. We need to have a, a greater sense of expectation of what the, what the Lord might do. Right now on the screen, you're going to come up, you're going to hear from my, the guy I've handed over the ministry to in, uh, in Burundi. Check this out. praying and my heart was again uh, praying for Europe. Uh, I would like to give you one word for Europe is um, I'm not really a prophet but sometimes God put on my heart things and convictions and I believe it is from the Lord. I saw the waves from Mediterranean Sea and the Atlantic Sea uh, Ocean just flashing on the continent and uh, I, I, I believed and the Lord was saying the dead continent is going to be resurrected. The hand of God is going to move again in that continent and we bring revival in Europe. And I heard from the Lord again that even Canada, it's a cold continent, the Northern America, is going to be heated. There is a heat that is coming to the cold continent. And thank you, brothers. As you pray, as you pray for us, we pray for you. And I believe the Lord is doing an amazing thing in our time. Different countries we go. We've got France, Germany, England, we've got Ireland, we've got, I think we've got Zimbabwe on, we've got, uh, we've got guys listening to a recording from Canada and America, we've got Australia, New Zealand, we've got all sorts of people going to be listening to this, and we're desperate in the West for a revisitation, aren't we? Uh, and and as the African church and British church have so much to teach us and to impart back to us, as the, it's gone around, isn't it? 
and uh, and so Anessa, can you now pray what you were talking about earlier and that intercessionary outpouring that you did last week and, and may that be fruit to the nations go for it you pray yeah lord jesus i'm standing in your presence uh on the behalf of all africans who have benefited from the gospel which was brought to us by people who came from europe i'm standing here on your presence on behalf of a people from asia who benefited from the gospel which was brought by people traveled months and months from Europe. I'm standing in your presence, O oh Lord, on behalf of Americans who have hosted the migrants who went with the gospel and who went to this big continent and brought the gospel to this land and these valleys. I'm standing in the behalf of the other people from all over the world who have been benefiting from the European mission for decades and many years. And we come to claim for revival in this continent. I come to claim revival in this continent. Oh Lord, remember those who went away and didn't go back to their land, taking the gospel, bringing the gospel to Africa, taking the gospel to you, to Asia, taking the gospel to America. Those who died there, remember and look at those tombs, which are the proofs of the faithfulness of Europeans in the history who have been the champions and mission and bringing the gospel and what they have lost, we have it. It is in Africa, it is in the South, it is in Asia, it is in America, in Latin America. We pray for this continent, oh Lord. I pray for all the countries of Europe, oh Lord. Let your fire come in the name of Jesus. Let your fire come, the Holy Spirit come and just flash and just fill the land in the name of Jesus. Let the water of revival as the Medit as Atlantic, Atlantic Sea and Ocean and the Mediterranean Ocean Sea flash on the continent or the shore of the continent. That a revival push, push from the south to the north, from the west to the east, from the north to the south. Let the power of the Holy Spirit move powerfully in this continent, oh Lord. We pray. I pray that you just destroy and you shake all the foundations of unbelief. I know the devil has blinded people, their eyes. They don't know you, but their forefathers, they knew you. There is a generation which lost the truth. I pray that all the foundations, all the reasons which cause people not to believe, to be shaken. In the name of Jesus, I know you are capable to shake all the foundation. I know you can open the eyes. You can open the eyes of leaders of the countries. You can open the eyes of people in different cities. They can wake up in the morning just desiring for you. They can see you in the dreams. They can just feel the need of you, Lord. And I pray for every word they heard in the history, every verse they read when they were kids, everything they refused when they were growing up, that would be again coming up in their minds. And the Holy Spirit will use it powerfully. I pray for revival, oh Lord, in all the big city. I see the revival coming, oh Jesus. I see the revival coming. We will see it. We will see it in our time. We will see again thriving churches in the different cities of Europe. We will see the, the churches in the Europe road growing and thriving again because of your power, O Holy Spirit. 
And I joined many Africans, I joined many people from all over the world praying for this. And I say, oh Europe, the time is coming, it's coming and very soon the foundation of unbelief will be shaken and the power of the Holy Spirit will fill you again and the life will come back again. And I tell you, Northern America, even if you are cold, the heat of the Lord is coming upon you. It's coming upon you from scattered chuckles. God will gather them like a nanny and will be hitting you and the revival will come again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because you are faithful. Thank you because you have your timing. And this is the timing of revival in Europe and those who took the gospel to the nations and the gospel is going back where it came from. I see them taking the gospel back where it came from and we pray for this season. Raise many Africans, raise many Latin Americans, raise many people, Lord, to take the gospel, revive those who are already there and just honor your servants who continue to serve you in the nations even if their continent was raising faith. Honor your servants, O oh Lord, who leave churches which are getting empty, even if they have sacrificed their lives to take the gospel to the nations and do it now, Lord. We believe you. I thank you, Jesus, because you are at work and we see this happening. In your holy name, I pray. Amen. <laughs> How do you feel after that? I mean, that's so over the top, isn't it? That's so intense. It's like, come on, tone it down. No, I mean, I don't know if you resonate with that. Like, come on, Lord, renew it in our day. We've heard of your fame. We don't want to just be Lewis. 1949, 1952, or Wales, 1904. Come on, Lord. And sometimes we just need to press on in and dig deep because at the moment maybe the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes in the vines and the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit. There are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He enables me. He gives me the feet of the deer and he enables me to go on the heights. You know, there's a certain type of bamboo in, in Asia and you plant it and it, there's no fruit. It stays apparently dormant underground for five years. And unless you knew that, you would dig up the ground, you'd plant something else to get more productive, product, you know, something more productive out of it. But the, the farmers that plant that, they know that's the case. And then after five months, five years, it breaks through. And then the next six weeks, it grows 60 feet. And I think that's a picture sometimes of what praying is. We've just got to wrestle in there and not give up and fight that sluggishness, fight that apathy, not give up and start worshipping, um, bowing down at the altar of Netflix, as many of us has done, have done during, during lockdown. Come on, press in with God. Don't give up. My temptation, coming back, I've been back in England a year, is to settle down and tone it down and play it safe and settle for a respectable, domesticated Jesus. He says, no, if you want to see our nation change, it's going to be costly. For me, that's 
just mean, come on, Simon, you just want to lie in the morning. No, for me, it's getting up at 5.45 each morning and prayer walking around the area at 94 houses on my street, praying outside each one, blessing them, bless this family, bless their kids. May they be making good choice. May their marriages be strong. Just speaking life and meaning and hope. How much do we want our nation changed? How much do you want this community to be changed? It's going to be costly. And I haven't seen any very tangible apparent fruit in, the, in one year, but how long does it take? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? I mean, you can shake that tree. The other day I was walking along and, and the apple tree of the neighbor, suddenly pff, they're all fallen in one day. They hadn't the day before and I felt the Lord saying, you know, that's my call. You just pray and in, in good time the fruit will be ready. It'll be ripe. Piper said this, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things, and there's no room for the great. <laughs> James Fraser is my heroes. And he went out completely under the radar, forgotten by all bar his mum and a few prayer warriors over here, to the Lisu in the far inland of China. And he labored there, an incredibly gifted man, concert pianist, that sort of thing, but that skill wasn't very useful over there. And he, this, this Lisu didn't want Jesus, they weren't interested, steeped in the occult and paganism, and, and he went visiting, and he prayed, and he fasted, and he sought the Lord for year after year after year, zero jackal fruits and he carried on he carried on and sometimes he would stand on the edge of the cliff and with suicidal thoughts i'm just going to end it all what's the point no one knows what i'm doing there's no fruit why carry on it's pure darkness and then and then one day the lord said the victory is won you've got there in prayer and he went back to those exact same villages and this village 15 families gave their lives to the lord next village 10 families gave their lives to the next one five and that was in God's season as he had pressed in. But I have no doubt with tears and in humility and brokenness, he would have prayed these verses. That we get to pray to the same Lord a few decades later, maybe a century later, whatever. So come on, guys, let's do it. Can we make a fresh start? In the seasons, of, you know, it's not the first of January, but it's almost like a new season right now we're entering, isn't it? People going back to school. Can we make a fresh resolve to not check out, but to push in? And I need others to do that. You need others. I can't do it on my own. Please, if you're not part of a life group, join a life group. Get connected where you are. We do this together. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's an African proverb, and it's so applicable here. Otherwise, we'll be in our isolation. We will get taken out. Some of us have already got taken out. This morning, the Lord is saying, get back in the game. Get back in the game. I'd love to keep in touch with you. I thank you for all those who have prayed for me, even this morning, some of you are saying, I'm praying for you. It's so encouraging. That's why I'm still alive. 22 years in the fight in a conflict zone. And the Lord protected me on multiple occasions. Thank you for your prayers. Can you just stick up that slide? If, if you've got a camera and want to take a picture of that, that'll take you straight to sign up. Next one. Or you can just uh, sign up there and we can be in touch. You can hear more of our work. Our guys are slugging their guts out right now in a way worse situations like this. Full of faith, full of hope. They've not been taken out. They know it's a battle going on right now. They are fully engaged, alive and well, serving the risen Christ. Same Jesus, different context. Do it. Let's do it together. Let me pray. Why don't you stand and we'll pray together. If you're in bed, get out of bed, please, right now. Let's pray together. Come on. Let's pray.
Will you not revive us again? That your people will rejoice in you. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Well, praise you, Jesus. You came down. When he wrote those words, Habakkuk, he didn't know how, how that was, sorry, Isaiah, he didn't know how that was going to be manifested, but God, you came down, God with flesh on in Jesus. We are post-resurrection. We serve the risen Christ. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. That's one of our promises in Burundi we often talk about. So thank you, Lord, that you did rend the heavens and come down. And Lord, we've heard of your fame and we stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Come, Holy Spirit.